here in the house of the Lord tonight. Amen. Do appreciate what I feel in this house. Amen. And I appreciate one more opportunity. Amen. To be in his presence. Hallelujah. Praise God. It's good to be in his house tonight. Amen. I'm going to tell you something. I had, you know, I am, I'll confess to you tonight that I am dependent on technology probably too much. And so I study usually with my laptop. And so this afternoon when I went to study, I couldn't get the stupid thing to turn on. And then when I did get it to turn on, it froze up like three straight times. And so every time I'm like, Lord, have mercy. I'm going to go old school tonight and actually and then it started working, so I'm like, Shh. and I got everything put together, and I went to print, and uh, that's what I've got. Now, so I changed my font to blue and printed it off on the other side of the page. So, hallelujah, anyhow, amen, but. It's just a little frustrating sometimes. I, I was in there writing for all I was worth, and I'm thinking, man, I still got color. I'll try blue because I can't read my own writing. So if I, if I hand wrote things down, I'm telling you, we, we could go all over the place because I'd be trying to figure out what in the world I wrote. And so we could just chase every rabbit trail known to mankind. Amen. I, I can preach without notes, but nobody wants me to because that's what keeps me kind of on track, and it kind of keeps me... Uh, to my to my time. Amen. I, I have a tendency to get long winded when I don't have notes to restrict me. <clears throat> and there's a lot of people say, well, I preach that. No, it's like, well, I can. I, I do preach with notes for your benefit. Amen. So hallelujah. Praise God. I don't plan to take too much time tonight. Amen. I, I too am struggling with my voice and I don't know what in the world's happened. But since January, it seems like every service I struggle with it. And never had that problem in the past. Really, always seem I might have a hard time singing, but always seem to have enough to preach. But it's been a it's been an ordeal, and I felt it Friday night in this conference we were at, and I felt it starting to go. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me! And I was thinking, you know, I'd have a week, five six days to get it all back, and yeah, it didn't happen. So we're just gonna see what happens tonight. Amen. If you turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Second Timothy, go to chapter number one. <clears throat> Amen. I. I will confess to you tonight that this passage of Scripture was preached about in the conference I was at, but there was a part of it that jumped out at me. It wasn't even the part he was preaching about, although I might mention some of what he said, but, but the part, this, this part jumped out at me, and I, it's been on my heart ever since, and so we're just going to see what happens tonight. Amen. 1 Timothy chapter 1, and we will begin at verse number 1. Amen. It says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God. According to the promise of life which is in Christ Jesus. <clears throat> to Timothy, my dearly beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God, whom I serve from my forefathers with pure conscience, that without ceasing I have remembrance of thee in my prayers night and day, greatly desiring to see thee, being mindful of thy tears, that I may be filled with joy. When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that in thee also. Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God, which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. 
I want to take my thought from verse number 6. It said, Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee. And for a little bit tonight, I simply want to pray, stir it up. Stir it up. Stir it up. Hallelujah. Lift your hands. Ask God to have his way in this house tonight. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Lord, you're worthy, Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. God, you're wonderful, you're marvelous, Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Amen, amen. And you may be seated tonight. Praise God. We have here Paul writing to his son in the gospel. And, uh, and, and, and there's a lot in here, but I'm going to try to skip over this just a little bit to lay some groundwork of where we get to in verse 6. But, but he said, when I call to remembrance in verse 5, the unfeigned faith that is in thee. But it wasn't just starting with Timothy. But he said that, he said it dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice. And, and this is where this man was preaching the other day. But he said, I don't know where his grandfather was. His father was a Greek, but he wasn't mentioned there either. So either he never came to the Lord or he wasn't there in this time. But somehow in spite of that, there was unfeigned faith inside of Timothy. There was desire inside of Timothy to serve God and to give his life to God and to live for him. When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith, that is in thee. He said in verse 6, wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God. Stir it up. Now, the, the, the Amplified Bible says, this verse says, that is why I would remind you to stir up, which means to rekindle the embers of, fan the flame of, and keep burning the precious gift of God, the inner fire that is in you by means of the laying on of my hands. I want to tell you something. If we're going to make it all the way, we're going to make it by stirring up the gift, by rekindling the embers, amen, by keeping that inner fire on fire, keeping it burning, keeping it stoked up, keeping that fire kindled that's burning in our hearts. I'm going back down this road. I, I, I preached this the other day, but I'm telling you, there's something. I'm telling you what, if you're not on fire right now, uh, I'm preaching to you. Uh, if you don't have that fire that's burning uh, and consuming you right now, uh, you're who I'm preaching to because you've got to stir up uh, that gift that is in you. Uh, you've got to rekindle that fire. You've got to make sure uh, it's not just glowing coals, uh, but that the flame is burning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. They say, what gift are you, are you talking about? Well, you kind of define it in verse 7. God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power. 
and of love and of a sound mind. How did he give us that spirit? Well, let's go way back. It's going to be basic tonight, and I hope that's okay. Hallelujah. Luke chapter 3 and verse 15 says, And as the people were in expectation, and all men mused in their hearts of John, whether he were the Christ or not, John answered, saying unto them all, I indeed baptize you with water. He was baptizing them unto repentance. Uh Uh-huh. But one mightier than I cometh, the latchet of whose shoes I am not worthy to unloose. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Whose fan is in his head, and he will thoroughly purge his floor and will gather wheat into his garden with the chaff. He will burn with fire and quenchable. He said, hey, you're musing who I am. He said, I'm just a forerunner. There's one that comes after me. There's one that's mightier than I. I'm not worthy to unlatch his shoes, but he's going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. He's going to put that fire down inside of you. He's going to kindle that fire down in your heart. He said, he will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, it's been, it's been 32 years, over 32 years since God filled me with the Holy Ghost for the first time. And I'm jumping ahead of this a little bit, but I'm going to tell you something. That's not the only time that he filled me with the Holy Ghost and fire. I'm telling you what, that Holy Ghost from 32 years ago, it ran out, if you would. I had to go back and stoke the fire back up again many, many times in the last 32 years to make sure the fire's still burning. I don't believe the fallacy and false doctrine of a once saved, always saved. One time is not enough, but you got to keep coming and making sure and stirring up and stirring up that gift that's down in your heart and stirring up and stirring up and stirring up. Acts chapter 2, verse 1, when the day of Pentecost was fully come. They were all with one accord. They were being obedient to the Lord. He said, go tarry ye in Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. Amen. Brother Reagan talked about it this morning in his teaching. But he said, man, he said, he's going to come. I mean, he's going he's gonna to come, that fire. going to come, that Holy Ghost going to come. Well, he talked about it this morning, didn't he? Must be born of water or spirit. Okay, just take it. Just take it. Make sure y'all figured that out. Water and spirit. Amen. But here they were. They were being obedient. They had listened to the word of the Lord. And then he was caught up and away from them. Don't go to sleep on me tonight, please. Amen. I might just get crazy if you do. Amen. But, but they, 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 he was there talking to him. He said, go tell you Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. He said, but you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me. And as he spake those words, he was caught up. 
And he rose up and he left and they stood there staring. What, what in the world just happened to him? And the angel showed up and said, hey, what are you doing staring up into heaven? This same Jesus shall so come in like manner. So they went to Jerusalem, and I'm telling you, not every person that stood there and watched him go up was still in that upper room. But there was 120 devout people who were there seeking God and praying. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them cloven tongues like as a fire and it sat upon each of them and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance I'm going to tell you tonight, there is nothing that's holding us back from having the same type of experience in this house tonight I've had the Holy Ghost before. Honey, you can get it again. And we can all walk out the door tonight. Amen. Filled with the Holy Ghost and with fire. See, it wasn't long. It wasn't long until that upper room couldn't hold them. And they went out in the street. People said, man, these are drunk. These men are drunk. Peter said, these ain't drunk as you suppose. I love that he didn't deny they were drunk. He said, it's not like you think. See, but the third hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last day, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall see busy. Your young men shall dream dreams. All my servants, all my handmaids, I will pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. I'll show wonders in heaven above, signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire, vapor and smoke. Sun shall be turned to darkness and moon into blood before that great and notable day of the Lord come. And it shall come to pass that whosoever believeth on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Huh? You better call on the name of the Lord. Sorry, I messed that up. Call. On the name of the Lord. Call on the name of the Lord. Let's get that right. Call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And he went on preaching to them. And they were pricked in their hearts. It's already been read today, but I'm going to read it again. Men and brethren, what shall we do? What shall we do? Man, Peter said, you, you crucified him. You took him to Calvary. You killed him. They said, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, verse 38, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And every preacher everywhere likes the next line of the next one. And with many other words... <laughs> 
did he testify and exhort, saying, save yourselves from this untoward generation. With many other words, hallelujah. Amen. He waxed eloquently. But I read all of that to read that little portion, the gift. Stir up the gift. Stir up the gift. Rekindle the gift. Amen. That I know is in you, Timothy. Rekindle it. Make sure it's still burning. Breathe on it. Blow on it. Until the fire's burning again. If I could tonight make an Old Testament reference. Amen. I don't believe I'm taking this out of context. When they were offering up them sacrifice, and in Leviticus 6 and 13, it said, The fire shall ever be burning upon the altar. It shall never go out. The fire can never go out. We cannot afford to let the fire go out. But it's got to always burn. It's got to always burn. Whatever I've got to do, I've got to make sure that fire's burning. I can't afford to let it go out. I can't afford to let it go cold. Amen. But I've got to keep it burning. I've got to rekindle it. I've got to stir it up. times in my life I don't know maybe I'm weird crazy probably all those things but I've always been kind of fascinated by fire I think it's probably pretty natural for most people there's something about fire that is fascinating and there's been many times that I've been around large fires burning brush piles and uh, and man that's a fire just can it's so intensely hot. And uh, man, you might have been cold when you started, but that fire gets so hot that eventually you got to back away from it just a little bit because it's burning so intensely. And man, it's just something special. I'm crazy enough. I like to have a stick and jabbing it in there, getting it in them coals and get the stick on fire and wave it around. And then it goes out and you stick it back in there again. Yeah. But man, it's it's... You, it burns, and sometimes it'll burn for hours. And when you leave it, you kind of put it out. And, but the next day, you come back in the morning, and where that big old pile of brush was, there's just ash, some coals maybe. But you get a stick, and if you're me, you go back out in that fire, and you start digging around in it, seeing if there's anything left alive, seeing if there's any life left to the fire. Amen. And the fun part is finding some coals. And you kind of stack them together. You put a little bit more on them. You start blowing on it. Uh-huh. All of a sudden, that fuel you put on there starts to smoke a little bit. And, man, you get that, that just adds to it. Man, you can find wind you didn't know you had. You start blowing and blowing and blowing. And pretty soon a little flame flickers. And from that little coal, you can build that fire back as big as you want to build it. But it took someone willing to stir it up. 
It took someone willing to scrape the ash off. It looks like it's all dead. But someone went in there and scraped the ash off and found a coal that was still burning found a little bit of life left and said, hey, we got to put some fuel on here. we got to do something. This fire's about to die. We can't afford to let the fire go out. I told you this is simple tonight. I'm telling you, there's some folks in this place. Uh, your fire's not where it once was. Uh, it's not burning as intensely as it once was. Uh, it's not burning with that same fervor. But I'm telling you tonight, uh, if you're willing to get down to business with God, uh, you can put some more fuel on the fire. You can stir those coals up. You can stir it up. You can stir it up and let the flame come back. commanded the fire shall ever be burning shall ever be burning shall ever be burning I haven't I've got you add it all up three different stints I don't quite have four years of pastoring but four years is enough to see some things about over six years evangelizing that's enough to see some things. You come into a church, you leave, you come back, you leave, you come back. You see people on fire, you come back and they're not quite as on fire. And you come back and they're cold. And then you come back and they're gone. I've watched it pastoring. I was a young man and he got the Holy Ghost. and Man, he was fired up. I'm telling you, he was full of it. Full of fire, full of zeal. Then he got a job. Man, his life was upside down when he came. He had nothing. Got a job. Was able to buy a vehicle. And we watched him go from the front to the back to out. No matter how much we reached. No matter how much we tried. I'd call him. I'd see him at the... Good old Timmy Hortons. See him at a restaurant. Always friendly. But the fire had gone out. But I'm going to tell you, it didn't have to be that way. It didn't have to be that way. Because in that time, there were services where the power of God had filled the house. And the opportunity was there to rekindle the fire. You see, we allow some things. You can get rid of a fire. You can douse it with water and drown it. You can get a shovel and throw dirt on it. And you can put the fire out. There's other things, fire extinguishers and different chemicals. And Man, you watch them big forest fires. They, they get them big bombers that come in and they drop that whatever it is on their flame retardant. And man, you can put a fire out.
y'all are scared right now. You don't have to be scared. I'm just going to say this. We can allow things to come into our life that will put the fire out. There can be things from this world that we allow into our life that dampen down that fire, and pretty soon it's going to start glousing it, and, and the fire is going to go less and less and less. And if we don't stoke that fire back up, I'm going to tell you something. The fire will go out. So we have a choice to make. We can let those things keep coming in till the fire goes out. Or we can put some fuel on the fire that will push those things and push them out of our life. And push those things that are coming in and trying to hinder. And that fire of God can consume them. He is a consuming fire. I feel resistance from Dan to Beersheba right now. But I want to tell you something. If you're letting some things in your life that are hindering your walk with God, if you're not careful, it's going to put the fire out. But I'm telling you, make your way to an altar and find that place where you can make it right with God and let him kindle that fire back up and let it consume those things out of your heart, out of your soul, out of your mind. Titus in Titus 3 and 3. But we ourselves also were sometimes foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving diverse lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful, and hating one another. That's what we were before the gift, before the fire. That's where we were before we came to an altar of repentance. That's what we were before he came and made us a new creature. And the old things were passed away and everything became new. That's what we were. But I want to tell you something. Foolishness, disobedience, being deceived, serving divers lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, being hateful. I'm telling you, that will dampen and put out the fire. If we go back to what we were, it's going to put the fire out. But after that, the kindness and love of God, our Savior toward men, appeared. Not by works of righteousness, which we have done. It's not because we're so good. It's not because we deserved it. It's not by anything that I have done. But according to... To his mercy, he saved us. By the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost, which he shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Savior, that being justified by his grace, by his favor, We should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. By the washing of regeneration and the renewing 
the stirring up of that gift. The stirring up of that gift. That stirring up of the gift. That stirring up of the gift. I don't know about you, but I want to be one of his. I want to wake up in the morning with hope. And that hope is Christ in us. The hope of glory. The only way to have Christ in us is to be filled with the Spirit. And the only way we can have that hope is by the continual stirring up of the gift. By that continual stirring and renewing of the Holy Ghost. I've probably told you this story before, but I'm going to tell you again. There's a man, I don't care if he's listening right now. I really don't, because he needs to hear it. There was a man came to my father-in-law's church, and he was hungry for God. And came from a religious background. And my father-in-law was teaching the gospel to them. And he read him, read them in church, preaching, teaching, Romans 8 and 9. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if so be. That the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And this religious man that knew his Bible, it hit him right between the eyes. I don't have the Spirit, which means I'm not one of his. I've lived my whole, he had lived his whole life thinking he was saved. But now all of a sudden he realizes he's not one of his. He went to an altar that day, but he didn't get the Holy Ghost. He was a truck driver. He told me, I'm not telling this secondhand, he told me this. He said, I drove scared all week that I would get in a wreck and die before I could get back in that altar. Drove scared. Guess what happened the next Sunday? God filled him with the Holy Ghost. Last time I was up there and saw him, I'm guessing we were a bit up there in October of 15, guessing is when it was. And I went out riding with him one day in his truck. Boy, he was, man, he was fired up. He was on fire. By January of 16, him and his family walked out the door for the last time because the fire went out. My Lord, it's quiet. I didn't figure this would be a shouter tonight, but the fire went out. I haven't seen him since, but there's something inside of me that wants to walk up to him and say, don't you remember? How it felt that day. When you had that revelation. That without the spirit. I'm none of his. 
Do you remember how it felt when the Holy Ghost was on you? Man, I was up there. I was, don't ask me why, but he had me come be the Bible teacher at his camp. Now, I've never been known to be a teacher, but, hey, I enjoy doing it, so I went up and did it, and we had a good time. But I watched him in that camp meeting as the power of God was over him. And, I mean, he's just up there flopping all over the place, didn't even know what to do with himself. He couldn't even contain it because I, I was laughing. That was one of the funnier things I've ever seen. But, I mean, I'm telling you, God was all over him. Three months later. I'm just going to say it because of a desire for worldliness. Not in, even in himself, but in his family. I'm trying to be careful right now, but I'm telling you, there's things that we can let in. And if we're not kindling the fire, if we're letting that outside voice work its way in our ears, and take up root inside, instead of going in one and out the other. If we're dwelling on the things that might be discouraging and might be trying to tear us down, all that is is trying to put the fire out. All that is is an enemy that's coming in, and he's trying to destroy you by taking the fire out of your life. felt to put this scripture in and I do not I do not want to take this out of context please but I believe that there is a principle in this in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 at the end part of that chapter he, I understand the apostle Paul is talking about fornication and what it does to you but in verse 19 he says what know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you which ye have of God, and ye are not your own. When you have that spirit inside you in this body are the temple of the Holy Ghost. And the commandment was, don't ever let the fire go out on the altar. But let it burn continually. Let the fire burn continually. We can't afford to let it go out. But we got to make sure that fire's burning. We got to make sure it's overflowing in our heart. We can't let that fire go out. I can't light the fire in you. You have to go to the altar. You have to get the fire. I can preach and I can tell you what you need to do, but I can't make you go. I can't make you stir up the gift. There's got to be something in your heart that says, I want to be one of his. I want to wake up in the morning with that hope in my heart. That is Christ in me, the hope of glory. He said, Timothy, I want to remind you, you've got to stir it up. You've got to rekindle it. You have to do it. 
You are the temple of the Holy Ghost. He dwells in you. But you have to make sure the fire's burning. I don't have any fancy clothing tonight. I just came and wondered tonight. Is there anybody that wants to go blow on them coals? Is there anybody that wants to stir down deep in your heart, deep in your soul, and blow on them coals and make sure that fire's still going? Put some more fuel on the fire. I've got to stir it up. I have to be the one that makes my way to an altar. I have to be the one that stirs up that fire. I've got to come and tell him, God, I need a renewal. I need that regeneration, God. I gotta have that fire burning. Stir it up. Stir it up. Stir it up. Stir up the gift. It was a free gift that he gave you. But you gotta stir it up. You've gotta make sure the fire is still burning. I'm not going to let the cares of life choke it out. I'm not going to let the things of this world choke it out. But I've got to keep the fire burning. I have to. I have to do it. I'm telling you, if you've never had the Holy Ghost today, it would be a great day, amen, to get that fire down in your heart. If you want it, all you've got to do is come and repent of your sin. Amen, lift up your hands and give God praise. And I'm telling you, He will fill you with His Spirit. 